Let's it do it. That books that make us better. Season two, episode two is live. What? Why didn't I get a notification? Hail. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know, but this feels complicated. Well, hold on. I'm going to mute myself so you don't hear what you're talking. Yes, sorry. I just did that. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I am not smart enough to do this after all. <laughs> oh, copy link. Maybe I can do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to lie. I just got caught up literally like a half hour before. Um, but before we went on tonight, I audiobooked it. Yeah, same. I was saying the same thing. I've listened to it a couple times, and then I'm like, I gotta go back and just skim the parts that I know I need to. So I've been doing, I audio, I let her read to me. I have the book, but then I audio booked it. Oh, nice. Ooh, how's that? How'd that go? I love it. It's like a, having somebody tell you a story, but um, then I can make, highlight things. Oh, wait, you do both at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's mm-hmm. unconventional. Well, I had a free credit on Audible. Oh, you guys, have you oh, yeah. seen how much the credits are to buy them? No. Yeah. It's it's $40 for three credits, and yeah. I just much? feel like that's outrageous. $40? Ew. I just really like books. But if like you... Like, holding um, the book. Yeah. If you, if you uh, get, like, the membership, I think it's, some, it's like, cheaper per credit. Or, like, the, do the one where they give you, like, a credit monthly. That's usually all I need. So I do Kindle Unlimited, so I pay like $9.99 a month, but then I have like a whole library of books that I can like read yeah. from, yeah. Um, which That's is really good, yeah. handy. And then I get the one Audible credit, which I have used, but then I'm like, oh, I want more. And I went to buy more and I'm like, mm-hmm, girls on a budget. <laughs> girls on a budget with your chime. Yeah, chime, I'm using chime, chime now. I'm addicted. It's so fun. Yeah. Using what? I signed up for a Chime account. It's like a, it's like an online bank account. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard that. Okay. Every time you use your debit card, it rounds it to the next dollar and puts it into savings. And I just like am so thrilled every time I use my card. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you have like acorns or something. Yeah, that, like, acorns. Oh, yeah, that's I totally care about yeah. that. I don't. I don't do anything. That's Keenan. I, I don't. He's the money and numbers person. I just, you know, Rob, Rob, blindly trust. He says things and I'm like, okay, <laughs> lightly trust. Yeah. Just blindly give him all the, no, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> that's actually, that's actually me. I'm like, no. you got to pay the bills. Oh. Okay. Oh no. I learned the hard way. We don't blindly trust people with our money. Yeah. Lydia. Ooh, that's how you Ooh. get screwed over in relationships. Lydia. That's not a message. We like to learn the hard way. Lydia. <laughs> no. <laughs> So now I'm involved. We believe the power to change lives is within ourselves. We believe with the right attitude, anything can be accomplished. We believe the amount of knowledge and insight available is limitless. But we don't think life should be taken too seriously. Books that make us better. An alpha media podcast. Um, also, I would like to say I am enjoying the guideposts a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am too. Yeah, definitely better than the intro. The intro is fine. It's good. Yeah, the intro is okay. I am interested to see how we are going to um, sum up the guideposts, though. Because we're only doing two tonight. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot to, like, unpack with both of them. There's a lot to talk about. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe we don't have to, like, summarize summarize it. Or discuss. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean... Like it's, it's clear what the guy post is. Like the first one is cultivating authenticity. So, you know, we can just Talk I don't know, take it means. in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. And how we should be letting go of what people think. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, you know what we should talk about first? If we want our little, what? um, test things. What was <laughs> Not the test oh, things? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Jesse oh, told us last time about the Brene Brown test. Yeah. Yes. The inventory. Yeah. The Brene Brown test is good. The inventory makes it sound less scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Brene Brown Take test an inventory. is just, um, I don't Okay, I'm scrolling up. We all shared ours in our group chat, like, at the same time. Yeah, it took me a while to understand what was even going on in this PDF that they sent me. <laughs> like, they're oh, all yeah. connected to the guideposts. You know, I did exactly what I did before, is where I just, da- I just dove in. And... <laughs> And 
then I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then I went back and read the <laughs> part where it explains what's going on. <laughs> the directions. Yes. I'm the worst student. <laughs> okay, so maybe I just... I actually don't even know if I ever read the directions. Was the goal to get the bars full? That's how well goal. you are... Yeah, like... like with Coming that along. Post. Yeah. Right. So, like, you want to be towards the cultivating side. So it just sh- shows you kind of where you fall based on mm-hmm. your answers to these statements. I have um, to say, I was surprised at my ones that I need to work on. I was okay. Like, oh. hmm. Should we start by talking about what our highest were? Sure. Like what we what we good, have to, what we're good on, at. Kill my camera what we're closest to, to cultivating. Mine. Yes. Um, um, by a long shot, for me, my, I was closest to cultivating the valuing clarity and commitment, and I was very far away from having unclear and uncommitted values. And I feel like that fits me pretty well. Like, I feel like I definitely know what my values are. And so. Wait, what was the first one you said? So um, the 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 daring... Oh, oh gosh, you know what? That's not even a guidepost. No, that's, that's a different one. Bearing values. Hmm. I see it. Disregard. I see it. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what is that one? But I see I was, it now at the bottom. If I'm looking at the guideposts, then mm-hmm. my closest one was guidepost four, and I'm closest to cultivating gratitude and joy and farthest away from scarcity and fear of the dark. Mm. Oh, yes, that's, I love that. Uh, Me too. I'm not, I like that, that that's where I am. Good job, you. <laughs> well done. So I feel like I had a, a lot of, like, ties. I guess I have three that were kind of the same, which was resilient spirit, gratitude and joy, and meaningful work. Oh, yeah. I see um, that for you. My, mine, um... I'm closest to cultivating oh, laughter, song, and dance. Yes, that is <laughs> very that much you. you. Yeah, that was Letting me. <laughs> that was I, love, I can see that for Jesse too. Yeah, I can. I can absolutely see that. That was oh, my. But I'm. I mean, do we want to say the worst ones? <laughs> yes, mine is yes. so. Predi- yeah, mine is so predictable. Vulnerable. It's not even funny. Jesse, okay. is yours perfectionism? No, mine's anxiety as a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm middle ground for that. That that couldn't be any more accurate. Oh, that's amazing. Anxiety Um, as a lifestyle. I I was surprised to learn that I was not, I need to work on perfectionism. I was like, that was mine too. That was my lowest. Yeah. And then I thought, well, um, I had three that were at that low point. I suppose if you'd ask anybody, they'd probably tell you I was perfectionist. Um, what else? Oh, I have a hard time with letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark, which I'm interested to find out what the heck that means. And then exha- <laughs> this this one speaks to me. Exhaustion is a status symbol and productive productivity as self-worth. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's going to be hard for me to let go. Um, yeah. Mine was my lowest was perfectionism, which I don't really strike myself as a perfectionist at all. So, oh. Yeah, I always thought that way too. But talking about it in guidepost two, I kind of related to some things in that, so I get it a little bit more. Um, yeah. I had that one, and then I also had anxiety as a lifestyle was my low was my next like they're kind of right next to each other, and then being cool and always in control because I don't like to lose control. So I could see that. Same, but that's been a hard lesson to learn. I you do a good job, obviously. That's your highest one, right? Yeah, uh, was it? Was that was it, or was that one of your lowest? Did you say? Oh no, no, that was my highest. Yeah, yeah. It's been a very. That's been a really difficult lesson to learn. I will say. I think kids help me let go of that shit. You know, you're just like you finally see that you can't always control everything with through them. That's what it's been for me, and I'm like, fine, fine. valid. But clearly, I haven't learned that. So, (laughs) still trying. (laughs) So I, I had someone ask me last week. Um, how good I am with angry emotions from other people. Oh. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you should ask my husband. <laughs> I am not. No, yes, same. Not good. The moment I perceive that someone else is angry, I get very defensive. Oh, I go straight monk. I just don't even. I go straight. Monk. Who 
the fuck do you think you're talking to? Yes. Oh, That's girl. Where I go. I'm like, I don't know who you think you are. <laughs> That's where I go. Hi, I'm Lydia. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. That's, that's me. Also, it yeah. just insert Megan. Yeah. Same. I feel you. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I just like I don't ever get upset with Liam. It's like so rare. And he did do something the other day, and I looked at him and I said, "You got the wrong one, Liam." And he's just like, "What?" I was like, "Don't." And he's just like, "Whatever," and just kind of like walked away. But I was like, "No." Nope. We don't. Ooh. We don't do Ooh. this. I don't respond well to that. Oh. You know, Rob had last night with he had this insane amount of patience with Cora last night. She was, I don't even know. She was on a whole other planet with her unwillingness to be patient. Um, and he was trying to communicate with her something, and she covered her fucking ears and was like, "I refuse to listen to you." And yeah. he's like, "Uh, okay." And he like just bodily took her up and set her in the timeout spot and said, think about it. Yep. Oh. And I was like, ooh, you did it, girl. My <laughs> worst Liam story ever. My Liam, not Lydia's Liam. That'd be weird. Um, he wanted to go outside one day and he was probably two or three. Like he was very young. And I picked him up and I set him inside of our landing and I got down on his level. And when I got down on his level, he threw his head back and he head butted me in the oh. nose oh. and oh, I just got up and walked away like I didn't yell I didn't do I didn't do anything I just got up and I went upstairs and it was the most devastating response I could have had to him like he chased after me just sobbing his oh. little head off oh. and um <laughs> I mean it turned out fine but I'm like shoot if I can stay calm after a good forehead to the nose like there is not a lot i can't stay calm through <laughs> no i'm very good by that oh it was brutal oh mm, yeah i mean i overreacted about cora deciding she didn't want oat milk tonight and like forgot that there was no lid and like lunged it at me <laughs> and just about threw oat milk all over my marjorie taylor green shirt oh, um and i marjorie like jumped taylor back green. and i was like why and i go we just got to be careful. There's no one on there. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was like, oh, like she's going to cry. And I was like, it's, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> Please don't do that next time. Good job, mom. <laughs> that was a good save. Nice job. <sighs> so, um, anyway. diving, diving in. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it back, Kayla. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. We'll just drive this boat on home. Um, so guidepost one. Uh, I accidentally thought we did guidepost one last week. So uh, whoopsie doopsie to that. <laughs> so, did you I'm, read two and three? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What else? Um, so I'm along for the ride and for commentary for um, cultivating authenticity because I don't remember it um, as freshly as I remembered the other two. Um, but I will get things kicked off with uh, choosing authenticity. What does it mean? Are we ready? Let's do it. Do you, are you going to do your episode intro or are we just done with that now? Uh, well, I've been <laughs> doing that last time. I, I've been just um, finding somewhere good to throw in the intro. So, Oh, and then you just use like an old one? Yeah. That oh, I just outed like a us. Smart idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, our pre-recorded like opening? Yeah. yeah. That gets edited in. Oh, like so you that. just use one from an old one. You've mm -mm. just given up the secrets. We're live Sorry, on I Facebook. I, this is what happens when you choose live. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So last week, I know you, I think you're the only one, God love you, that doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm, not, I'm not. And I can't. I only do it just to get us the listens. But I also like to hear our voices. So. Um, I think it's fun to go back and listen, but I think that's also also because I edit it. So mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I didn't majorly screw anything up. But what I did last week was just used our intro from here. I think I cut it after some comment about meatloaf and then I put in our pre-recorded. God, did you guys see that meatloaf? Did she send oh, you the did. picture? Uh, yeah, she sent it in the group chat. I sent it to the group chat. Yeah. I got FaceTimed and it was <laughs> scarring. Uh, well, let me. 
Mm-mm. Let me just say, Mm-mm. okay, first of all, I'm going to be making more this week. Second of all, um, <laughs> cultivating authenticity means letting go of what people think. So what an excellent time for you to bring that up. Um, <laughs> well, segues are her strong And it will not stop me from making more meat brownies in the future. Um, Okay, so pulling it back in here. Yeah, good. Um, Choosing authenticity means cultivating the courage to be imperfect, to set boundaries, and to allow allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Um, Exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we are all made of strength and struggle and nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe we are enough, even if our meatloaf is not beautiful. Jesse, I didn't see that part in the book. Nope. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brene, it's in the um, bottom, just in really small text. Asterisk. I think it, I think it falls under more along the lines of cultivating the courage to be imperfect, which which means that like, okay, we you've cultivated it and you've been imperfect, but maybe we should change it. Is this um, where I need to set boundaries? <laughs> maybe, maybe we're just. I getting- think you're right. This is a boundary point. We We might, we, we just might determine that Kayla and I can't talk food anymore. (laughs) I can't believe we didn't determine that when I cut an artery trying to separate turkey burgers. True. Or when Michael found, I can't believe it's not butter in your fridge and couldn't get over it. It's still there. A spray and the same one. Oh, a spray. She had through many. She's she has the duo. She has a, a, a. the duo set because she has the spray and the spread oh god do they come do they come packaged together i think they do now they should got it well anyway not judging i mean you go on with your turkey loaf and fake butter thank you give me Um, these small joys i will say that like i mean you definitely (laughs) you actually do do a good job of not giving a shit what people think yeah thank (laughs) you you coming back for that turkey loaf (laughs) and other things but yeah i mean i mean applause because yeah but i do think that is a difficult this is a difficult road to travel i mean i'm thinking like i feel like this starts for most women for sure like in middle school you know oh yeah i mean just think about like when you you have to change yourself to be somebody else so right. they fit in yeah I don't know. yeah and then all the years it takes to get you past that where you can yeah, just back out of it yeah um because she even mentions in here how people in your life might react to you living more authentically and how their reactions may not be positive towards you they might be confused or they don't want you to be different because then that makes their life uncomfortable or difficult Mm -hmm. um she called it the audacity of authenticity yes i love that yes yes absolutely it's it's so true though i mean i don't know i feel like in the last year and a half i've really made conscious choices and changes to live in a way that feels good to me and to us as a house and yeah there are people who don't really like it because it means that I've put boundaries and I've held them accountable or I've let them know what's okay and what's not okay and they don't like that but Mm -hmm. I'm much more at peace with who I am as a person now because I've done that and there's no going back once you start doing that oh yeah that's the truth for sure um I feel like for me like well authenticity is like a different journey for for me because it's like I think for me it started in middle school when people I moved here from Texas and that's a t- tough time to move your kids is in middle school um because this they're mean and I just was not accepted for who I was um but I my be- my little brother was my best friend all through those like middle school times and I just came to accept like who I was and was like okay well this is me and if they want to be friends with me then they're going to be friends with me and if they don't want to be friends with me then they don't want to be friends with me and I ended up making like two my best friends from high school and middle school well like late middle school are still like good friends for me now and they're people that I would like I mean they know me probably the best of anybody because they know me the longest and they accepted me for who I was and I accepted them for who they were. 
and we were like weird or whatever. But I think I was also, I also felt comfortable being myself because my parents encouraged, well, my mom for sure encouraged it. My dad maybe was like, whatever, you know, <laughs> dads, but my mom definitely encouraged me to like not give a shit what other people think. And so now <laughs> I feel like I'm possibly maybe a little extremist on my authenticity scale. Like maybe, but probably should like back it off a little bit sometimes. <laughs> But I mean, you feel more way more comfortable just getting to be yeah. yourself instead of like trying to fit inside of whatever it is that society wants you to be in. Right. I don't know. It's so true. for and me, it's, about it's not about boundaries. For me, it's just about being me. But I can see the boundary. I mean, she says it so I can see where the boundaries come into play. But like that's never been. And it's possibly something I need to work on. But whatever. Well, but also if you've always kind of ran with being who you are. And make and you've always kind of made it clear to people, then you might not have ever had that issue. Where I used to let things slide, even though internally it caused like all this like anxiety and anger because I didn't address this and I felt felt like I should have. And now I'm just calling it out. So mm-hmm. while That's it good. makes me feel good, the people who I'm speaking to might not like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that I sleep be- better. So. <laughs> Setting the boundaries, though, like stepping out of being that person that just let people do what they're going to do. And then and then coming out and being like, no, you're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Shit. I bet that was hard. I can't imagine. And (sighs) just and even who the people are in my life, you know, can be difficult. But Mm -hmm. it is what it is at this point. So, yeah. But I like how she talks about um, the how speaking out is a major shame trigger for women because like we like we're kind of told in society like we should be honest but don't make people uncomfortable um tell people what's on our mind but don't hurt their feelings and um be educated but don't be a know-it-all and then you know have the courage to disagree but don't voice an unpopular opinion and it's like, how are you supposed to ever know what the hell you're supposed to do? And that's where I lived for a long time. So I think to me, a lot of it, like what I've learned, it's how you go about it. And one thing I've tried to focus on in the last couple of weeks is trying to like rewire my brain to always give people the benefit of the doubt. And like, sometimes that's really hard, like, especially when... Um, like last week I was in a situation where someone said something super shitty on purpose and like, I really tried hard to think that like, you know, this isn't about me and this is about them. And so like, just trying not to take it personally, giving them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't mean that as a personal attack towards me, even though it was kind of how it came off. Um, but I found that I have a lot more like inner peace when I try to think that way. Um, I don't know. So I think that even when we do disagree with people, the way we go about it and the way we confront it makes a big difference. Cause I think she talks about that too, that like, not that Lydia, you would ever choose to be like cruel. Like, I don't think that would ever right. be your intent when disagreeing with someone. No, that, um, sometimes my go to no, never. And sometimes for people it is, I don't think that about you, but she um, talks about how, when we don't care what people think we're, immune to hurt we're also ineffective at communicating so courage is telling our story not being immune to criticism staying vulnerable is a risk we have to take if we want to experience connection i don't know it's interesting it's one of those like fine line situations yeah it really is and i like that she also talks like she discusses kind of what's expected of women in our culture and what's expected of men Mm -hmm. and how both genders have pushing back that they need to do um like if if for women, we're kind of expected to be small, quiet and as attractive as possible at all times. And then men are kind of expected to, you know, have control of their emotions. They're supposed to care about working and earning money, mm-hmm. um, control over women and pursuit of status. And I mean, I think about I mean, I don't know any man that like doesn't feel like his primary purpose is to like care for his household like I don't know anyone that you know that's not their top priority at all times like Mm -hmm. when Keenan quit selling wine and was only doing real estate 
I know that was his main thought was like, I have to make this work because I have to take care of these people in this house. And even the times I would tell him, like, we're in this together, even though logically that makes sense. I know that's not like where his mind was. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff's real. It's deep. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then like just adding in the whole, I feel like the factor, the woman factor at home comes into being like, if you're at home, I mean, even if you're not, I mean, if you're working or not working your home life, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like we, you know, we try to divvy up our chores, but largely the cleaning, the laundry, the dishes that like childcare falls to me a lot. And, you know, a lot of it is just like the nature of our jobs is just weird hours, but also like I still struggle with feeling the expectation that that's my job. And while Rob will absolutely help me, I just tend to get there before him. And I feel like it's my duty, which is so stupid. Yep. But But it's ingrained. It's deep. That like that stuff is super deep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So I feel like that that probably plays into a role of like authenticity when you're at home. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm even though like I try to be myself everywhere being at home and like trying to be authentically, I don't know, a feminist. (laughs) or like smashing the patriarchy that doesn't always like come to play no i know (laughs) so funny because i'm like the primary laundry and primary meal preparer and although he does like the majority of the daycare stuff so i have to give him that like Mm -hmm. he's you know i'm i haven't been the primary daycare person all summer for sure but yeah it's um it's interesting we (laughs) definitely fall into those roles at home Although but I'm I not going to mow the lawn, so that's his deal. I was just about to say that I mowed the lawn a lot, too. And I started to feel like this house is my house. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing is mine. <laughs> um, but yes. Our house is so bizarre. Like, I... <laughs> I was I waiting looked, for you, Kayla. I know. I'm like, here we go. Yep. That's so weird. I don't do any laundry but my own laundry. Tony does his laundry and Liam's laundry. I I love that. I it's uh, Tony's always done bath time. Like I've done 10 bath times in Liam's whole life. Like there's a lot I I mean I contribute in a lot of other ways too, but like let's all remember we have separate covers. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, that's like kind of a cool idea actually. Wait, who, who cooks Liam's food? Uh anybody that's home. Okay. Because we have Liam cook Liam's food. uh, Actually, Sunday, Liam uh, did make his own turkey meatloaf. It was exceptional. It looked better than mine. My next question is tradition. Liam asks for real butter. Will you give it to him? I would give it to him. Yeah. Um, But no, Liam put turkey sticks and put them in the air fryer and operated the air fryer the other night like a true champion. What are what are turkey sticks? Or chicken sticks. Like, Sorry, gosh, oh, my brain shit. is like so into turkey. I was like, I need to know. <laughs> no, is, chicken. Is it fish sticks, but turkey? <laughs> no. Sorry, chicken sticks. Um, okay. like you know, like the chicken fries that like Burger King has. Oh, oh cool. But you can just buy them. Um, and Liam loves them. And so he did make his own the other night and it was awesome. I love that. Good job. Um, Liam. so yeah, I don't know. We all just kind of like cohabitate, but kind of do our own thing here. I can't love it. I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. No, it's very bizarre for most people, but it works for us. And that's, that's all that matters. matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to mention from this chapter, something that I really liked. Oh, actually two things, because I'm going to have to start doing one of these things um, towards the end of the chapter when she has her dig deep portion and she talks about getting deliberate with doing the work to be authentic. And, um, She talks about um, whenever she's in a vulnerable situation, she repeats to herself, don't shrink, don't puff up, stand your sacred ground. And I need to do some sort of mantra like that in my brain when I feel like things are a little like I'm second guessing myself or I'm wondering if I, you know, did the right thing or whatever. I mean, I feel like that's helpful to just kind of get back to your own center of things yeah i agree I, when i was listening to that for the second time i, I thought 
what's my mantra? And I definitely thought like my, my first thought was a mantra where I cool off and not get pissed at somebody right away. And I was like, I don't think that has to do with authenticity, (laughs) (laughs) but that's where my brain went because it's like, that's definitely where I think I need a mantra. mantra. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I was, I thought, okay, well, there's probably still some things I can work on with authenticity. So where do I go there? Mm -hmm. I'm still brainstorming. Let me know what you come up with. I was going to say, please, yeah, please let us know. Yeah. And I like under her get inspired portion where she says that courage is contagious. You have to be brave with your life so that others can be brave with theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true because the more people talk about things, the more somebody else will pick up on that and like feel that connection and then feel comfortable enough to talk. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, like in in anything, if one person could take that from something I might say or my friends might say or whatever, like, that's amazing. I love it. Agreed. Yeah. I just remember like kind of, you know, in the era when Me Too was really um, coming out and I would see women that I know sharing their stories and I would tell each and every one of them, because you spoke, somebody else will be brave enough to speak. And that is huge. And it's it's great. And then I did a podcast with Troy Schroeder and <laughs> talked a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, honestly, I don't know if I would have if I hadn't seen other people talking. And we we need kind of that. I don't know. I, I don't want to call it permission, but you it's almost kind of what it is to you internally, maybe that like, oh, God, this person could understand me. And that's mm-hmm. what I need right now. And so I liked that line in the book. Yeah. I totally agree too. I mean, it, you can see it so easily yourself. Like when you are, when you're courageous and you act mm-hmm. courageous, like you can see the other people around you be like, yeah, this is who I am. Like yeah. I'm not that. And I mean, I, for me that lately comes in the form of like bucking the ideals of um, like, I guess like the, it's going to, this is going to, I don't know, rub some people the wrong way, but um, like the typical Iowan way of like, not all, but standard Iowan way of acting like Black Lives Matter isn't that big of a deal um, or acting like politically the last four years were a shit show. Like just, I don't know when people just try to like brush that under the rug and I'm like, nope. Yeah. We're not, we're not acting like that now. We're, I mean, we need to accept ourselves for the the imperfections that we have and we need to try to do better and like that comes in the form of me not allowing men to speak to me in certain ways even if I don't know them uh Mm -hmm. that comes in the form of me like fighting my dad or something on something you know or like fighting my mom on something and like saying like not fighting but being like hey no we need to rethink that like we're not this isn't okay anymore and I don't yeah I like even this is my example. I just went to the state fair on Sunday to do a little speech and the person parking, helping me park um, was he read my license plate. And for those of you who don't know, I have a vanity license plate and I would say vanity license plate and it says hort gal, which is horticulture gal. And Rob has hort guy and it's adorable. (laughs) Um, And, but the guy misread it and said, here you go, hot gal. And I was like, <laughs> and I said, oh, it says hort gal. And he's like, oh, that'll be my dyslexia. And I said, well, actually, you just forgot a letter. Because <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't playing this game today. Yeah, and he's no. like, well, it was a compliment, okay? And I was like, mm, was it? And then I rolled up my window and got my shit. And I was like, no, I'm not playing this game. Like, you can't just look, you're not going to objectify me. The end. Like, you need to get over yourself. Even if it Mm -hmm. did say hot girl on my license plate. Don't comment. That doesn't give you the reason to talk to me like that. The end. I'm not inviting it. It, Like, I'm wearing clothes. It doesn't mean you should rape me. I'm I guess I'm going to draw that line because that's exactly where it goes. Anyway, sorry. I got a little (laughs) passionate. (laughs) that's a good thing (laughs) you did but i was here for it okay this is what happens i get a little passionate i get a little yelly the kids are sleeping (laughs) my hands go go all over when i get passionate i'm not sorry (laughs) sorry i'm not sorry (laughs) 
Anywho, I think it is courageous to be authentic, but when you set the standard and when you set the tone, other people see that. And who knows who you're setting the tone for? Who else is listening? There was a kid around with that guy. So it was a, a young boy. And I thought, whatever, maybe he took that in. Yeah. Like, you fine. never know. Yeah. So next. <laughs> Authenticity. Authenticity. Um, we have cultivating self-compassion. And um, perfectionism. Yes, there it is. Yeah, she actually says kind of at the beginning of this chapter that uh, where perfectionism exists, shame is always lurking. In fact, shame is the birthplace of perfectionism. <laughs> when I heard that and then read it, I was I was thought, mm, yep, okay, yep. I see it. The shame, yeah. exactly where it is. That's why this is. That's why I'm like this. Yes. But like, why? Where did this come from? Yeah, name. that's kind of a good question, right? Like, you want to dive into that. Like, why am I feeling I definitely, this? personally, like, the quote that, like, was like, oh, my gosh, this is me. I should wear a T-shirt and I live my life this way is I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. <sighs> I was like, oh, yeah. And then I could mm -hmm. think of, like, five things I did that day that, like, I judged myself and my productivity about what I accomplished and then how well it was done. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ah! Yeah. And why no, did we do I, that? Yeah. 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 Why? Who told yeah. us that we have to achieve that way? I yeah. didn't know it wasn't normal. <laughs> like I thought that's just like what everybody does. Like everybody feels that way. Like we are what we accomplish and how well we do it. And I accomplish a lot and it's very good. So <laughs> then I was like, okay with it. Like, and I this still, like, I still don't, I believe it, but I don't know that I like really believe it because I'm going to continue to do what I'm as I don't really, my dog's playing with his toy and sorry, this lighting is crazy. My phone was about to die, but, um, I don't know. It just was like, uh, that's exactly how I live and I don't like it, but I don't know how to change it. And I guess that's what this guidepost is about. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the part where I highlighted the holding thing, but I won't read it all. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment and shame. And I thought, yeah, I hate blame. And I play the blame game often. And, um, and then the part where it's a shield. Uh, perfectionism is a 20 ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. Yes. Because <laughs> I, yeah, you'd never want to be blamed. Like, I mean, maybe everybody else is okay with it, but I don't want to be blamed for anything. And if I have to be perfect in order to not be blamed, I will try my damnedest. That's, I think that's the big thing for me. I felt like that was the big thing that resonated for me. I don't feel like I want other people's approval, you know, uh, but definitely I don't want to be seen as being the one that caused a problem. You know, I don't, right. and I'm not sure where that, like, why? <laughs> Yeah. Where did that originate? Why do I feel that way? I thought it was interesting too, where she talked about how it's often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. And no, she life described paralysis sounds terrible. Life paralysis <laughs> as all of the opportunities we miss because we're afraid to put anything out in the world that could be imperfect. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the dreams that we don't follow because of our deep fear of feeling and making mistakes and disappointing others. Yeah, this one, like, really hit me. <laughs> this whole guidepost. Like, yeah, well, this this was a low one for me. Yeah, so same same. Way it was my lowest one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, she was, like, goes on and it's like, this is self-destructive. I was like, stop it. Yeah. Why are you, <laughs> are you attacking me? Stop it. <laughs> So just if, if anybody, because this one, I like, I, it was weird for me because like, I've never considered myself a perfectionist. It was lowest on my Brene Brown quiz, but like when she talks about examples, so perfectionism, self-talk, ugh, nothing fits. I'm fat and I'm ugly. I'm ashamed of how I look. I need to be different than I am right now to be worthy of love and belonging. We're like healthy, striving self-talk. I want this for me. I want to feel better and be healthier. The scale doesn't dictate if I'm loved and accepted. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like this one's weird for me because I just, I don't know. I don't feel like I relate to this one that much. That part, so, of, that's a big struggle for me. 
for sure. The self-talk specific part. Yeah. Yeah. That specific thing is, I mean, I, I don't even like, I don't put myself on the scale, but I go based on how I feel. And then if, so if I don't feel beautiful, like I can't take a compliment. I don't feel attractive to Rob and like that spirals into a whole mess of like relationship problems. So like, I don't even know, like, how am I supposed to feel okay? You know, like for me, I think, you know, I try to exercise or go running and like, that makes me feel good. I know it hasn't like changed my body, but I feel better. And so like that helps a little bit. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. (laughs) That one too is, I mean, I think that one's really difficult for everything. And that probably takes my brain back to untamed a little bit because of all of the stuff we intake of like how we're supposed to look and like, you know, and there really is no right or wrong way to look like working in a gym. Some of the most strong, like beastly badass women are not the women that are a size two. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just not. So like there is no way that anybody should look but like as a trainer that's hard for me because I feel like there's societal standards that I'm supposed to live up to Mm. as a trainer like a specific way I should look um so that I guess I do battle with but I battle with that more because of my profession and like societal standards and not necessarily because I think I'm lesser than Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know that that is a tough one yeah yeah that's a that's a good remembrance that society has really drilled it into us about like we have we're supposed to look a certain way and but we're all humans and we look differently so it's a good thing to remember yeah is, yes I, I don't pay attention to the number on the scale simply because i will obsess over it and i feel like there was something with control that i had oh i don't like to lose control and when like uh it my first serious relationship when that was like falling apart and i felt out of control that's when I would like be obsessed about how many calories I ate and what number was on the scale. So, and I was like 19, I do not know what I weigh. I do not pay attention to the calories that I'm eating simply because I don't want to go there again in my life ever. So I go off of like Megan, how I feel about myself. But after having a kid, like your whole body image is whacked because like, you just, yeah. You're not and you don't even feel like yourself. No. So I lived in that place of like, ugh, I'm gross and nothing fits and I hate everything. And I do that to myself for a while until I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. And then I go to the gym and then I ultimately change my mindset to being like, this feels good and I want to feel good. Mm-hmm. But it's like a constant struggle all the time. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, body image is tough. I think that's one of the most tough out of all of the things. Yeah. And I don't want to be like, woe is me. I understand I'm a naturally slender person. I'm built like a batcher. We are we're (laughs) slender. I I mean, I don't yeah. But like my whole life was like, oh my God, eat a cheeseburger. Like, why are you so skinny? Blah, blah, blah. And just as annoying. It is just as annoying, but in no way is it like I mean it's different. And I don't act Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever act like anything I've gone through in life is comparable to somebody else's, but, um, it's It's just like never ending no matter who you are. Yeah, Yeah. that is for sure. But I think that's a really good like segue into the next part of the book, because then she starts to get into Mm self-compassion and the quote underneath of the little bold self-compassion says a moment of self-compassion can change your entire day. A string of such moments can change the course of your life. So I guess like she summed this up into three elements. So self-kindness, common humanity and mindfulness. So she goes into like really brief uh, explanation. So self-kindness being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate rather than ignoring our pain. Um, Common humanity, common humanity recognizes that suffering and feelings of personal inadequacy are part of the shared human experience, something we all go through rather than something that happens to me alone and mindfulness, taking a balanced approach to negative emotions. Um, so that feelings are neither suppressed nor exaggerated. 
So the one that was really, I think, kind of interesting to me, especially is The Common Humanity. Um, there's this book that I read a couple years ago called The Book of Joy, and it's based off of like, it has to do with Archbishop Desmond Tutu, but then also the Dalai Lama. So it's a really interesting mix of like Christianity, but also Buddhism. And one of the things it's basically how can we maintain joy when there's so much like grief and anxiety and fear and anger and sadness out in the world? How can we still maintain yeah. joy? And what is joy versus what is happiness? And one of the huge like mindsets of Buddhism is this common humanity that we are because someone taught us how to be. And we don't go through anything in life that someone else doesn't go through. And they told this um, story, and I'm not obviously going to remember it verbatim, but it was about a woman who lost her child, her child passed away. And so she goes to this not witch doctor, but like this some guy. And he said, I can bring your child back, but what you need to do is get me mustard seeds from the house of someone who's never experienced death. So she goes through the neighborhood and she knocks on every door. And what she finds is that every person that she speaks to has experienced death. And so when we go through these things, we go through it with all of humanity and we don't all experience these things at the same time, but we do all experience them. And in that we are never alone in the way that we feel. And so by remembering that we are not alone, we are more able to maintain joy and happiness. And so like common humanity, mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need you to know that that lesson was in an episode of bluey. What is bluey? <laughs> oh my gosh. Bluey is amazing. Um, Bluey is on Disney Plus. Kayla Joe, I keep telling you that there are so many things you need to oh, watch yeah. on Disney Plus. And Disney honestly, Plus. this is it. Was um, it mustard seeds? Was Bluey no, looking for mustard seeds? No, it was um when you started telling it, I was like, this sounds very familiar. So the person was that the thing was is she said that her dog had like a rare disease. Her new puppy had a rare disease. This is a family of dogs, mind you. Bluey but is a blue dog. Healer. Bluey is a blue healer. And Bluey oh. has like a puff a stuffed dog and this is her um like in this story this is her example and the dog has this like rare disease where they have like spots or something i don't remember and so she went to the doctor and said can you fix them and they said um yes but you have to bring me purple underpants from the house of someone who's had a dog that's not been sick and it was exactly the same. She walked around and couldn't find anybody with purple underpants that had a dog that wasn't sick. Anyway, same lesson. Wow. And then she, because her sister was sick in the hospital and she was wanting to tell a story of how unfair it is. But then it came down to like, everybody's experienced pain. Uh -huh. And I was like, wow, that's such a big lesson for kids. When it's a big lesson really too. great at their lessons though. They really like are. They have really good episodes. They do. And they're like seven minutes long, which is bonkers. And Australian accents which are amazing. Yes. So all day, yes. every day straight from the Buddhists. That's yeah. really amazing. Go bluey. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, it is a good lesson though, that you're totally right on that for being like thinking about humanity, but I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get a little too far into the empathy for humanity. That was a large reason why I ended up having to go on anxiety meds because I was like so empathetic for people losing people to COVID. So like, have a healthy feeling for humanity. Don't go too far. Yeah, I get so empathetic for many things. And then I spiral and I have to shut myself off for a little bit and recharge because. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a boundary that I had to set for myself. I haven't said that yet. <laughs> I, I mean, it's current boundary because I really, really want to fight like the mask thing with kids in schools. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know if I go too far into this, I will turn into a wreck again. And I guess you like, I have no, no, yeah. no, I, I fought for my daughter as much as I could in her preschool, yep. but like, I don't know what to do for everybody else's school. Yeah. I've called my representatives and I think that's as far as I can go. Yes. So I, but I, I feel like that's it. You have to set your boundaries, feel what, what you, you feel comfortable doing. I know that's where I struggle. Cause like, I feel like, Oh, I could just turn the news off and like not watch. But then I'm like, well, how privileged of you to just turn the news off and not have to know what's going on. And then, so then I'm like, well, shit, like, what do I freaking do? Like, that's yeah. where I am all the time. Where do because, I yeah, I could just be oblivious, but that's a very privileged thing for me to be able mm -hmm. to do. And I don't want to be that person either. I can't right. be that person. So I'm still know. listening to NPR um, and getting, I get my, I get like a digest of news instead of 
everything because I was getting everything. What I should do. <laughs> I've I felt that. myself getting pulled back in this week with um, Afghanistan, like, yes. and not getting into this politically, um, but just thinking about the way things could and likely will change, and especially for women and babies yeah. of any gender. Like, it's just so I've a uh, same, like, I. I do better. I'm the same way. You do better when you don't like intake in the junk every day, but then it's like, yeah, like you said, how privileged. Yeah. You, you Cause like you decide. should be outraged about a lot of things. Absolutely. How the hell do you know? I don't know. <sighs> yes. Um, but yeah, does anyone else have anything else with um, self-compassion? Mm-hmm. Um, only that our children learn or Renee talks about how our children learn how to be self-compassionate by watching us and the people around us feel free to be authentic and connected. And I think just the importance of like, if we can work on it, it gives people the ability, the freedom, the permission, whatever to Mm -hmm. um, do that with themselves. And she ends the chapter by saying, sometimes it helps me to wake up in the morning and tell myself today, I'm going to believe that showing up is enough. I'm about to have a visitor. Sorry. <laughs> In the d- oh, hi, Liam. Hi. <laughs> um, Jesse, I have a question for you. Did you take the um, self compassion scale? Um, no, Did you go there? I didn't. But I was like, right when I read it, I'm like, I want to take it. I want to take gonna. it because I also because i know they're gonna ask me if i took it because they're expecting me to take it so i need to meet expectations and take it and then i was like no because then i'm gonna then i'm just going to continue this so i'm not gonna take it even though i want to take it so that that way when they ask me i can say no (laughs) okay well good job i love that but i don't even know that it's good job like who thinks you battled you battled the the thought the expectation because i definitely did expect that you would have done it i know good job Okay, well, I, I, I think it's, good. Uh, it's my time to shine, guys. You did it. You're the, the Golden Girl's back. But I, I, need back. You, I need you to know that I'm going to take it, so feel free to take it. Yes. Okay, now I can take it because the expectation, I already did not meet the expectation. So, is this our assignment for next week? I think yeah. it should be. I'll take the self compassion quiz. I think so. I think it's a good idea. So for anyone else, is this the one that is at like selfcompassion.org? Yes. Again, yes, you are correct. Wow, and Jesse, no hesitation. So I know yeah. you know about well, that. Well, I've been, like, been thinking about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that can, that's our homework. And then are we going to read the next two guideposts? Yes. Three and four. I really liked um, guidepost three. No. What did we just do? One and two. So three and four. Yes, because I did two and three. Guidepost three, I liked a lot. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of Books That Make Us Better. Next week, we will continue to dive into The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown by talking about the next two guideposts. So that is your reading assignment. We will talk next week.